0: Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know how to help you. Now, here's your host, Jordan Goodman.
1: Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Jeffrey Camries. He is the chief investment strategist for the Inherent Wealth Fund, which is a fund which specializes in sports, gaming, and betting. Welcome to the Money Answer Show, Jeffrey.
2: Jordan, thanks for having me again. Uh, thanks your audience as well.
1: Let's just kind of start with a broad view of the industry. Uh, give us a sense of how big it is and, and how fast it's growing uh, worldwide.
2: Actually, I mean, in terms of the industry, when you talk about all the providers of different services, talking about from the machine operators to vacation tourist places to other people who have... Um, doing geofencing and security it's globally in the range of 450 billion dollar industry right now and that's continuing to grow as we see more expansion into south america we see you know japan which has never had any of this is allowing gaming and there's going to be a casino there that mgm is running that's going to be coming in the near future so it's it's growing rapidly
1: and what are the uh uh, motivations What, what are the impetus behind such fast growth
2: well, when we had the, you know, the Supreme Court ruling, which allowed um, states to legislate in the U.S., we you know, Europe Europe has always had it. Other countries are now seeing the benefits, of course, from the tax perspective. You know, a state like New York has a 51% tax on sports betting and gaming, so it's been very lucrative for the state. It's not as great a state for the proprietors, but they have to be there. And they, they're there because they think it's going to get, you know, the tax will go down eventually. But it's the tax revenue is just it's too hard to avoid so as you get state by state once you get a border state then the other border states going to want to legalize too because they don't want people going across the border and in new york is an an example is new jersey was legalized first and they were losing a lot of money to people going over the bridge just to go and gamble in new jersey so they saw that they they just kind of felt like they had to i think you know us should have almost every state I don't think we're going to get utah but i think we'll get every other state in the us at some point in some form because we're at we're over 32 states right now in the united states
1: and uh, the economy has been slowing the fed has been raising rates how is this uh, recession proof uh you know considering overall economic growth is slowing
2: you know it has been all the time and i think it's from a perspective of you know when you go i'm in vegas actually right now and i usually, I, go, I come a lot because I come for work and I try to inter- do interviews when I come here. Um, Vegas is inexpensive to come to for a vacation because a lot of times if you're a player, you get comped. If you're on an app like a BetMGM or something like that, they'll comp you to come, and it's not a really expensive vacation for a lot of people except for what of course they wager. Uh, it's proven over time, uh, in any of the recessions we had, the 2008, 2009 kind of the real estate one, um, gambling grew. I, I had the figures. I didn't prepping for the show in 2000 when we had the dot-com bust, gambling also grew it at some great rate it's it is always been considered recession proof and i would give you the example of you know there's a guy maybe he's struggling at his work not making as much money you know expenses are high and just is you know the the commodities that he uses every day from buying milk and sugar and things like that for his family but you know at the end of the week when he's going to sit there and watch his football game he might not bet the same wager but he's going to get five dollars because that's his pleasure of the week if you would and I think that's 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 a factor And now that we have gam- gambling on these apps you don't have to be there to to take part in it you know it's not quite the expenses it used to, that it used to be
1: so how does that break out between the apps people doing things from home and those actually going to casinos or uh, racetracks or doing in person
2: Are you t- like from a perspective of revenue yeah yes right now right yeah so Let's, let's go throw some examples. We, we lost California in the election. They tried to legalize gambling last year. We didn't get it. California, the gaming tribes in California, all doing brick and mortar. We're doing, are doing something like 13 billion just in California. So you can see the revenue that's in brick and mortar. Brick and mortar still makes more revenue because it has the other, other kind of offshoots. But the margins in, in, from an investing perspective, Once you get all this set up, these are really expensive uh, pieces of technology, these apps, because they have geofencing. There's all these different rules per state. When you get past the initial cost and you kind of start getting economy of, uh, of scale, I should say, the margins there are tremendous for the operators. So the revenue that they can gain in terms of their margins can be huge, like 60 70%. Where in terms of being at a brick and mortar, you'll probably be only at 20, 30. So although the revenue in online is not as high as brick and mortar at times right now, because we don't have as many places, a lot of rules are different. Every state has a different rule. Sometimes you'll have to go and verify in person on an app. Sometimes you can just use the app. So that's changing. But but where it'll be forever is it's going to be online on your phones. And that's going to be so much more lucrative in terms of margins for the operators
1: because i don't have to keep up all the infrastructure uh behind it yeah physical infrastructure
2: exactly you what what the hubs are becoming sort of like an mgm i'm staying at at one of their properties now and what the hubs are becoming is they're becoming like the rewards you know uh if you you know my son who lives in arizona which is a legalized state for gambling uh has a bet MGM account and he'll he'll get comped for he doesn't bet a lot but he'll be, he'll get comped on a regular basis and he'll go with his girlfriend so it's really inexpensive for him to drive you know three and a half hours they'll they'll get the room paid for it and what you pay for when you get to the casino that's a different story but you know they give it to you like a reward and that's the benefit of maybe having an operator where you have like a Penn National Gaming who's who doesn't really have much brick and mortar outside of Pennsylvania And you have somebody like an MGM who has the brick and mortar and places in in different states where you can go visit and get the rewards from it.
1: Yeah. You say there's an investing mandate institutionally. What do you mean by that?
2: Well, what I try to do is I think what happens is we go, I go on these shows or I talk to people in institutions and they tell me all the time, they say, well, we don't have a mandate for sports betting. I mean, I like it. We know it's growing, but we don't have a mandate. And I say you do, but you don't realize it. Because it, 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 it fits small cap. A lot of these are smids, small and mid-cap stocks. You know, some of the larger ones are Las Vegas, Sands, and those aren't huge companies. We're not talking about companies like the size of you know, Apple or NVIDIA or something like that. But there's a small cap mandate. There's a growth mandate. These are growth companies. This is a good place to get growth. And really, the other mandate that I, that I see is when people look to invest is technology. These are actually technology companies. Um, We look at them as like a consumer discretionary, kind of travel, you know, that industry. But it's really a a, – these are technology companies. These apps – you know, I I have a technology background. I've built a lot of – a couple different enterprise softwares. And I would tell you if I wanted to build something like a Salesforce, I could probably do that in three or four months. Building an app like this on your phone – I'm not saying you have all the applications is. I'm just saying the basic form concept of what Salesforce is. These apps with the geofencing and all the – regulatory and all the artificial intelligence they're doing with live odds and predicting in games. These are complicated pieces of technology. So I think there's also technology. And, you know, frankly, a lot of these companies are really, in terms of ESG, are really, you know, cut, cutting edge. I mean, you know, if you look at a company like FanDuel, FanDuel has a female CEO. If you look at Barst- Barstool Sports was associated with Penn, they have a female CEO. So it, it, they're very... Um, Forward in terms of hiring uh, females in this industry, so I think there's different mandates, but you kind of have to explain them to people because it is still nascent as an investment. This is only an investment, really. It, you know, these companies like MGM and caesar have been around for years, but thinking of this group as a whole, a lot of these companies are new. I mean, DraftKings really it came on as a SPAC and then it turned into you know DraftKings, but it's only been publicly traded for you know few like three or four years. So when you when you think about it, you know, this is still nascent industry. So Having to do a little bit of the heavy lifting and explaining the investment opportunity to people is part of what I'm trying to do.
1: So in what states are there uh, legalization up for is a referendum or what are some of the big states that are not legal that will become legal, you think, relatively soon?
2: Well, obviously, we have uh, California that's going to have to wait now for another ballot. Uh, you know, initiative. I'm actually doing something with that MGM and FanDuel. I don't want to see what their perspective is. I, I think it was kind of mismanaged. That would have been huge. Be- but the thing is about California is the tribes have such a stayed kind of they've been there so long. They have such a large standing that they have great relationships with the with the um, you know with the politicians. They also have great re- relationships with the news. And frankly, they you know the outside proprietors didn't really have a chance going against them to be honest because, The tribes had built up so much goodwill over the years with them you know and it's big business you know i think i'm sure they underestimated it but you know the tribes doing 13 billion that's what vegas does that's what macau does so you you realize how big california is alone i think whatever happens in california is going to be a shared kind of deal where the outside proprietors will get some rights the tribes will remain and get some of their rights um i also think the big one that i that we i think will be the number one place in the country will be when uh texas goes live now texas has some pushback from their governor uh, and so we're not sure if that's going to happen but there there is going to be sort of a bill that they get to vote on so it's it's made it through like the early rounds all of the the businesses like the large sports companies obviously are motivated right so you have you know mark cuban who has a, a deal sort of in the works with las vegas sands to build a new stadium and to build like a resort kind of park concept jerry jones of course has all that land in that area you know where he has his property and he has the cowboys workout facility in the stadium he, they have deals so everybody's ready to pounce these these pro teams houston you know texans have deals so they're waiting for it and that would be the next big one and those really are the two that are going to change it florida's behind and has the same kind of issues that california does there's a lot of tribes there they've, they've kind of you know held the rights for a number of years now and they're not as willing to let it go. So Cal- Florida might be coming down the pike. But those are really California and Texas are the ones that will make huge noise, because I think Texas probably will end up being number one in terms of uh, gross revenue, gross gaming revenue.
1: So the tribes uh, just didn't want any competition. And then they lobbied against the basically, is what happened.
2: Yeah, it was, this, it was, I think that, you know, those companies that came in, it was like DraftKings and, and FanDuel, and I think BetMGM MGM was the third one. They didn't have enough standing in California. You know, and as one of my friends said, I said, if you want to get anything done in California, you just got to go to, through Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> and what they did is, what was really interesting about California was that they, they actually hired um, Kamala Harris and Newsom's uh, uh, representative in terms of their political campaigns. A guy named Nathan Click, but and I think that they thought that they were going to get the Democratic Party, but the Democratic Party did not support the the gambling initiative at all. You know, they went with the tribe and what happened was that they had twenty six and twenty seven. The tribe was trying to get their own thing passed for online gaming, you know, just in, you know, in case that the, the outsiders got got that passed. And so when when they realized that that they weren't going to get their bill passed, they just went after like a, a destruction campaign on twenty seven and it was it was an effective campaign i mean the tribes were you know tribes spent the money they have the money and they banded together and they and they fought to kept, to, to keep out the outside proprietors you have, you have to realize there's 73 tribes i think it's some 73 to 75 somewhere in there in california i think 71 of them have casino operations so it is big business for them and yeah i do i want it from my perspective for the growth of the industry yes i would love it but i think it's going to have to be some kind of a partnership
1: yeah i mean that's their main source of revenue and they're not going to give it up easily basically
2: is what you're saying 100 percent, and they had the politicians and they've you know they do a lot of business with the media and the media wasn't kind on the outside proprietors either so yeah. you know they they were definitely motivated people you know they you vote with your motivations of course and and it's you know it's hard to see the politicians who had done work with the tribe saying hey and i don't think that the other ones built up the outside companies built up enough goodwill i mean you know those companies aren't really located here i mean flutter really is a english base it's ireland and london based you know fanduel we know because they bought fanduel which was a u.s company that started based on fantasy sports but they don't really have standings you know that uh, DraftKings is a, is an east coast it's a boston company they don't people don't really know them in california in terms of, you know, being there, paying tax revenue in the state. You know, so that's, that, they need to build up that kind of goodwill, I think, in the state. But they did get it. I mean, they got 20%. It wasn't, it wasn't enough. But, you know, they're going to, they'll keep trying, of course. But I think it's going to be a partnership of, of a meeting of the minds, probably.
1: Yes, very good. We're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Jeffrey Kennies. He's the chief investment strategist at the Inherent Wealth Fund which is a fund divided at, um, aimed at sports betting and gaming. Uh, the symbol for that is I-B-E-T and the website for the fund is inherentwealthfund.com. We'll be back after this.
0: Nobody likes the guy who says, I told you so. The guy in 1991 who said to you, invest in the internet, it's gonna be huge. Or the guy in 1997 who said, come on, this is gonna be big, they call it social media. And the guy in 2009 who said, I'm telling you, man, crypto is real. Now, I'm not gonna be that guy who says, I told you so. But I am telling you that there is a 21-year-old international company where you can become a global project partner, earning a passive income doing exactly what you're doing at this moment. No selling, no recruiting clients, no administering a business after hours. Visit www.mypassiveincome.life now. That's mypassiveincome.life. Don't let history repeat itself on this one. Earn a passive income. Now listen again. That's mypassiveincome.life.
2: Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog?
1: this is jordan goodman your host my guest this hour is jeffrey camis he's the chief investment strategist at the inherent wealth fund which is a fund designed uh, to invest in uh, sports betting and gaming Uh, the symbol is ibet and their website inherentwealthfund.com welcome back to the show jeff
2: hey thank you
1: so there are more growth and partnerships between betting and professional sports teams explain how that's working
2: yeah it goes it's just hand in hand i mean what happened when this industry started was you know the customer acquisition cost is all you'd ever hear about and it'd be like oh how much is DraftKings spending because they were doing advertising everywhere and what changed in the industry since then because they were spending the burn rate on customer acquisition was so high that you know they decided they started getting you know involved in more partnerships and of course the sports teams were all too happy to get involved and what you have is something like let's give you an example of DraftKings. So that's the one I mentioned. They're in partnership with the Chicago Cubs. They they built a kiosk. I think it's opening in the next couple of weeks, uh, in the summer. I know that was the target date, but they built a betting kiosk there. You can go in and have drinks there. You can have food. You can bet on the games there. And it's affiliated with the Cubs. So if you think of the Cubs, you're going to think of DraftKings. And then they, you know, there's tie-ins for branding and all those different things in the stadium. So it becomes, you know, it becomes way more uh, much better tool for them so when they're on tv you're going to see the DraftKings advertisements and the cubs will benefit from that you know and so will DraftKings, because they're not going to have to you know build up their you know they build up a, a better relevance by being associated with these teams and you'll see it every team at some point in legalized states will have partnerships and as i mentioned all the teams have already scrambled assuming that you know the tech house just approved the casino and online betting bills We'll see if it gets through, but all those teams have deals already. They're in the works in some way or another. They may just be advertising, but we right now, and a lot of them have advertising deals and they had for years. But but they're gonna have something in their brick and mortar locations. That also gives them it gives them a really inexpensive way to not have a have a real estate kind of concept. Like DraftKings doesn't have many locations, but they get in inside a place like uh, you know dallas stadium or something like that or the Cowboys stadium and then they have a brick and mortar place so they can add to the rewards give their clients benefits who who live in that area and they can you know they can get the benefit of having a brick and mortar location so it's it fits a lot of strategies for them and it's becoming it's it's one of the best ways you know they share a little bit of their wealth but they grow their business so you say every
1: professional sports team will ultimately have some kind of a tie-up with a, a sports betting company
2: they do i mean arizona has a has a kiosk inside the stadium Every, you know uh the cleveland browns did their own deal you know they're the cleveland browns try to they're they're so they're always that's always the cheapest franchise they actually tried to do their own betting company and everyone kind of laughed at them and it was really a negotiating ploy they eventually brought in a partner but all the teams are going to have something in states where it's legalized ohio has been a really great state for for sports betting um it's done a lot of revenue They have a lot of teams there there's a lot of fervor there for for betting and and betting on sports and what you see though is even right now, let's say you're in a state like California has, isn't legalized yet, so they can't really do kiosks, right? You can't authorize it and have it inside, but they have a lot. Of, they already have partnership deals with them where they're advertising the logos or the banners. They're there because they still have all those companies still have fantasy sport, sports types of games as well. Like DraftKings has the two apps. They have the gambling app, which you can only really get on in states where it's legal because they have that geo fencing and then they'll have their fantasy sports game which is what you know how the industry how they really started which was the daily fantasy sports but yeah ultimately if your state's legal you'll have a kiosk it just it it just makes sense
1: and this is going overseas as well so tell us what's happening with Macau and China and sports betting
2: well that one's more just openly in casino gaming uh Macau of course was if you look at a lot of the Macau stocks, you know, when you talk about Las Vegas, Sands, Sands, China, or Wynn in Macau. And Wynn's been a great stock in the last, like, six months to a year because Wynn has really recovered. And Wynn has so much of its business in, in Macau that you needed the opening to happen. And those stocks, they still have a long way to go. We're heavily in the fund that I'm running. We're heavily invested. Almost 25 30% of the upper gaming is in Macau. And Macau has had big numbers. Every time they had, they just had a holiday, their kind of Memorial Day they just had, and they did huge numbers, uh, huge numbers in Macau where they're getting occupancy rates upwards of where they had them in 2018, 2019 before COVID. So the comeback is on the way. The stocks still have a lot of leg room to go to get back to their highs. Prior COVID highs, which were like you know 2008, they've probably made about 40% of where they can, what they can do, what they can still do. So there's a lot of run room in those stocks, and 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 Macau is just exploding again to where it was because they've opened up, you know, the country again. China was you know being hurt economically, and now and they're kind of not doing what we're doing in the U.S. where We're punishing with high interest rates. They're still more where they're kind of subsidizing their economy. You know, they may run into some kind of inflation just like we did because that's what happens, right, when you subsidize. But there was something like trillions of pent-up money in China heading out of their COVID, because they were restricted for way longer than we were. And, and just like us, they had built up wealth because people weren't going out, And so that wealth, people wanted to go and do what we did. We, everyone went on vacation, so we saw the big boom. So actually, it's a nice litmus test. I mean, their government, it's totally different than our government. But what you see there is you're, you're seeing a lot of activity in Macau, and it's what really happened is you had a lot of growth now in the other countries, you know, Singapore, Malaysia, all those countries there are growing as well. You know, Singapore has grown greatly because when Macau was shut down, that was that was a place where you could still go. So, you know, that that their market has grown and Philippines is growing. That's where the next big leg. So we talk about the US being big, you know, Europe's been doing it for a while. The next really big growth is coming in in, in those in those countries like in Malaysia, China uh japan which is going to be really interesting japan's casino with mgm it's probably still four or five years out but they haven't had that it's very new for their culture so it's really interesting really cool Uh, time
1: korea is another country you think has some growth potential right
2: absolutely korea philippines they are they're all growing they have they have small companies one of the things that we've had this year uh at least in the u.s market is there are a bunch of companies and we can talk about this in another segment but who are waiting to go public but they, no one's going public. I mean, there's no IPOs. There haven't been any IPOs for almost like 18 months. If they have been, they've been small. So we're waiting. There's a lot of companies. At one point in 2020, we were seeing two to three sports betting companies go public like every month. And so we're waiting for a bunch that are sitting on the sidelines that we know are going to happen. So uh, it, they're growing. And in other countries, they're growing too, like South America, which, which is just coming online you know, we're going to still see, you know, what what kind of public traded companies are going there. But what ends up happening, you're also getting um, a lot of ha- a lot happening in the Middle East. Uh, you know, in Emirates, United Arab Emirates, there's a casino being built. Uh, I'm trying to think who that who the partnership is with. I think it's MGM, but it's expanding everywhere. So, you know, everyone wants a piece of it. It generates a lot of revenue, generates tourism, brings a lot of economy and wealth to those areas. And, you know, they are, and companies are growing with it.
1: Nobody wants to be left out, I guess, when you get down to it. Is
2: that, uh, is they, well, I mean, can you imagine? If, yeah. Can you, I mean, the numbers on New York casino revenue, New York's tax revenue is incredible how much money they've made. Uh, like I said, it's not as, as great for the proprietors. But, you know, when they're doing, you know, two and three billion dollars a year and they're taxing, you know, 51 uh, percent of it, they're, they're killing it in tax revenue in New York. So, you know, it's, you know, huge. it's just incredible what, what they're able to do with it. Yeah.
1: I mean, some would worry that there's a kind of responsibility to gaming that all this money is, you know, for the most part, the customers are losing and the house is winning. So that it's, it's hurting people who become addicted to it. or They can't really afford to lose this money. What, what is the industry doing about that?
2: You know, it's part. uh, I think actually the industry would handles this better than, um, you know, they're they're. Of course, there's big regulation. There has to be. So, you know, they're they're tracking these companies. You know, for problem gamblers, they, you know, a lot of these these people will knock. I know it sounds like they they wouldn't like. Haha, we'd love a problem. They don't. They don't want them. You have to realize, especially in the U.S., the U.S. licenses are expensive, right? These are. So you give it. I'll give you an example of like what's. You know, you, you probably know a little bit about Barstool Sports, and your 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 listeners probably do as well. They're under, you know, Barstool's under a lot of fire because Penn they create a lot of problems for Penn, and Penn is a lot of money on the line paying for a lot of licenses in a lot of places, and you know they had some trouble getting their license again in you know Massachusetts because they don't want to, they don't want that noise, you know, when when somebody comes out with an anti-Semitic remark or something about women. And that shows, obviously, you know, uh, you know, they they play with the third rail a lot, but um, you know, I lost my train of thought. But in terms of this growth, yeah, it's expanding quickly.
1: But I, I'm talking about the responsibility, you know, you know. The, oh you, yeah, responsibility. Sorry. And then people. Yeah, they,
2: so what they do is, they get fined. They get fined. These companies get fined all the time if they continue to let in like problem gamblers. So they're they're on on the forefront of the. The cutting edge for responsibility for as much education as you can do trying to get rid of the problem gamblers themselves so they'll and and the thing about this these industries now technology is so advanced they know you know they know they know if they got a guy who's you know maybe worth maybe who can who makes up you know fifty thousand dollars a year and he's betting two and three thousand dollars a game they know he's probably a problem gambler they can identify it way quicker because their data is their data is this is just like any data now so they're very responsible and and they move and they get rid of those guys because you'll see big fines coming for any kind of manipulation on on parties or you know individuals that that probably you know that shouldn't be playing and i, and I think you know and they're they're at risk to lose their licenses so they're very concerned and a lot of times that happens you know they they will get huge fines and we see it all the time in the industry so i think actually this is cleaning up a little bit of the industry you know people look at it as a gray. I think, you know, I, I would template and argue that, you know, of course it's an issue for people because people live in, on one side of the bell curve. But I think this is the classic bell curve, you know, kind of template where you, we could talk about food addiction, sex addiction, some other addiction, um, alcohol addiction. It's going to fit into that kind of template and you're going to have people who do it for fun, pay their bills, don't, nothing goes wrong. You're going to have people who take it to the extreme. And you know that's that's really the issue, so i i I kind of feel like you know having these companies operate and at, be at the risk of losing their licenses. I think they're doing a better job trying to steer away from having those problem gamblers in their you know on their apps rather than you know they, they probably used to when somebody would just go into Vegas and wouldn't be tracked at all in the old days twenty thirty years ago
1: so they they know exactly who's coming in and if they're subject to uh you know gambling abuse effect and stop yeah, you, you know, people out you, of the casinos if they
2: see that Jordan absolutely the the artificial intelligence that's in this industry is 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 so far advanced you know now we're all talking about chat gpt 3 whatever 4 yeah. but the artificial intelligence that's been going on in this industry has been in play for you know since we you know since it's become legalized like in the last 5 years and they're building you know they're building and part of that is you know understanding their customers you know, you you, you know, because they're targeting, you know, not targeting is a bad word in this case because we're talking about this. But they're they understand what the customer likes, you know, what's going to motivate them, what things they're looking for. They know that everybody knows how to, you know, the same way that, you know, TikTok or one of those services knows what you watch. So, I mean, you could tell a person in five minutes. I was joking. I was with my sister last night. I said, let me see your TikTok. I could tell what you watch in five minutes. Yep. And, you know, you'll know, you'll know what people's likes or dislikes are. And so they know.
1: Very good. We're going to take another break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Jeffrey Kamees. He's the chief investment strategist uh, at the uh, IBET Sports Betting and Gaming Exchange Traded Fund. Uh, The symbol for that is IBET. The website is InherentWealthFund.com. We'll be back after this.
3: Did you know that you can sell your policy for cash? Your reason for buying life insurance has probably changed. Thousands of Americans turn to life insurance settlements to help sell their policies. They act as your representative, getting the highest market offer for you. You've got nothing to lose by simply inquiring. If you're over 64 with $100,000 or more of life insurance, you may already qualify. Call 877-485-6681 to get your free non-binding appraisal or visit FundingLife.com. Life Insurance Settlements. Discover the true value of your life insurance. 877-485-6681. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners.
0: You've been listening to the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan.
1: My guest this hour is Jeffrey Kammes. He's the Chief Investment Strategist at the Inherent Wealth Fund, which is a fund that specializes in sports betting and gaming. Uh, the symbol for that fund is I-B-E-T, and the website InherentWealthFund.com. Welcome back to the show, Jeffrey. Thanks, Jordan. So let's talk about the Happy fund. Happy to be here. Uh, what price did you come public at, and kind of what has been the, the price history of it the last since you've come public?
2: Yeah, so we came public uh, in November of 2021, and we uh, that was sort of in the re-correction period. These stocks had all run really hot. Like at that, we in up until so we were starting when we launched the correction of a lot of the sports gaming stocks, which were super hot in 2020. Started started its correction. So we came uh, public in November. Uh, the fund started out on a downward spiral again with the correction in all the sports betting stocks, and we went down to about 10. 10, nine, somewhere in that range. And then really since this fund has been upward trending since last year, last summer. So for the last year, this has been, it has, has had a pretty steady arc from about, I think we hit somewhere around eight or nine as a low. And then it's up to, we're in the 10 range. We're kind of hitting a little resistance at 1030, 1040, 1050. But I think we're going to get our next wind in China. One of the things about a fund like this is we've changed, we're active. So we're constantly looking for where the next wave is going to come from. You know, I think we made a lot of ground in the U.S. stocks. You know, DraftKings and some of these stocks have had really torrid kind of runs heading into, you know, starting this year. And I think that, you know, China had their runs last year and kind of have settled a little bit. So we're a little bit heavier now in China, though we do have a larger position in DraftKings. And the strategy on DraftKings is it's the one stock we have in the U.S. that really trades like a meme stock. It has that kind of fervor behind it where – People are like, I want to own DraftKings. So that's the one that people ask me about all the time. They always ask me about DraftKings. What's going on with DraftKings? Because they, you know, everybody knows it. And so, so yeah, this, the stock really, uh, the, the fund really over the last year has been very strong. And over the last year to date, so up until like today, you know, first, first four or five months in, we were up as high as about 18%. And I think we're sitting somewhere around 14% for the year. So I think we still have a pretty nice run. Again, I, as I think these are recession proof, And I think these companies are really just hitting their sweet spot. Again, a lot of these are new and a lot of this whole uh, online where this whole technology is happening is, you know, they're starting to just make their money on it, you know, because they've they've put their big investments in it and lost a lot of money heading in heading in. You know, when they started these, which was like 2018, 19. And now they're just starting to see kind of the fruition or the value of all that investment.
1: So let's go through some of your major holdings and why you think they're particularly the best place to be. Uh, The first one is Flutter Entertainment. Explain uh, why you like that one.
2: Well, they're the leader in in industry. And let's say, let's just go in market share in the US. Their last earnings, they're 51% of all the US online sports betting. And so they've, they've grabbed the market share here. A lot of that has to do with the fact that this was a company that was well established 10, 15, many years ago in London and Ireland. And so when they bought FanDuel, you know, to compete with DraftKings, they already had a major head start in building the applications, building the software, knowing how to create the partnerships and the deals. And a lot of people would say, you know, that FanDuel, that Flutter really has had a, a much better arc. I think the one thing, not, the FanDuel, DraftKings thing is like, um, you know, FanDuel is, DraftKings is a newer company. And I sometimes I, I like them. I like the company. I like what they're doing. Sometimes I think they've managed their company a little bit like a fraternity. And I'd like to see them have that more professional look that like Flutter does. But Flutter, if you look at the arc of the stock, it is pure perfection. It doesn't go crazy, it hasn't, but it hasn't had a lot of downs. It has just been a steady arc over the last year plus. And so we are uh, – That's one of our largest positions. We actually made DraftKings recently our largest position. It's always been very high for us. But Flutter is the industry standard leader, and the exciting thing about Flutter is they're going to go public in the U.S. I, I'm, you know, I'm doing something with them soon, and I'm going to be interviewing them. They're not going t- to share that with me when they're going to go public. Everybody, of course, is waiting for a little bit better market. But what's really exciting about them is they're going to be like the Apple of our industry. We need somebody like this. We need someone where you can hang our hat on this company. And you look at the stock all time. The stock is up 2,400% since its initiation since it started and it trades you yes. know flutter trades on the London exchange under the ticker FLTR but you'll see it here it'll be here as a stock I, th- I wonder if it'll go as flutter I'm not sure yet if it'll go as flutter or FanDuel I pre my preference would be FanDuel because I don't think people know uh flutter and the company do you know Jordan you know what the expression means flutter
1: not particularly it's a British term I think
2: right yeah, and it's it's a funny term because I ask people all the time they don't and it, it's like it's what they call like having a flutter, which means like to take the bet. So it's like oh we'll have a little flutter with it. So that's that's the name, and people don't really know it. And I just and I I've talked to them. I said just go public as FanDuel. I hope they can because everybody knows FanDuel in the U.S. They don't, people don't know Flutter, but it's a great company. Very good.
1: And one of your other big holdings is Las Vegas Sands, uh, which has Las Vegas. It also has Macau as well, right?
2: It does. It has a partial ownership in Macau. We also have a position in Sands, China, because we wanted to get all the exposure, the, all the Macau exposure as well. But uh, Las Vegas Sands, that's just a comeback story. You know, they, their earnings per share now, they were losing 5 $6 earnings per share two or three years ago. You know, what happened in China, so what happened really in Las Vegas Sands is that company got rid of almost everything it was doing in the U.S. and strictly went to Macau. Now, that obviously was a big mistake because they got crushed in the last couple of years in, in being in Macau because China it wasn't open. And I don't know if your listeners understand, but, you know, the Chinese, they made them, you know, the government made them employ everybody. People weren't getting fired. So even though they weren't able to stay open, they had to keep those employees. And wow. so they were losing tons and tons of money because they were forced to stay open. Uh, you know, it's very different than our, our system. Uh, obviously, you know that it's, it, it's China, it's Macau, you know, it's Hong Kong, but it's very different than what we... We do here in the U.S. and front of a company. So, you know, they their comeback story is really just what's happened in Macau. Now, one of the things that's really great about the Sands is they realized their diversification model was not good. Right. Obviously, because they got destroyed. So they're they're in partnerships now. Like I said, they're they're hoping for that Texas to be legalized because they have a big deal that is in the works with Mark Cuban and the Mavericks. So. You know, they're they're set to build the stadium there with with the mavericks and once the, if you know dallas i mean dallas texas gets approved
1: wow okay and then at draft kings we talked about a little bit of, um you, you think they have a lot of growth potential because of these partnerships with the other sports teams is that the, the big driver there
2: they do and look they've had a great year they, this has been a comeback story this was the stock that was this is the stock that hurt the the investment community because people were like oh, I lost a ton of money in draftkings so it was the number one traded stock on robinhood so that'll tell you who buys this it's bought by retail everyday what we call like in the industry the average investor that's not a negative term it just means it just means you know, you know the regular guy who has a job whose industry is not this industry and he buys a stock because he likes it and he 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 associates himself with the gambling and he likes it and he likes the company because it's like the old adage, like any of these old investors would say, like Peter Lynch, invest in what you like, you know, and people like, they like DraftKings, they like playing daily fantasy sports or like betting on the games. So they invest in something that they like. And that's why DraftKings was such a meme stock on Robinhood. It was the, it was, I think it was the number one held stock in portfolios in Robinhood. And, and the stock we know went from like 12 to 15 up to like 75 and then went back to 12. So now it's made a nice run. It's pretty much doubled for in the last year. So people have made some money if they bought in lows. It was also one of the most heavily shorted stocks. At one point, it was shorted 35%, 30, 40%. Famed investor Jim Chanos was shorting it for years, for like a year, a year plus he was in it, and probably sold out when it got down to like probably in the 12 range. But it's made a nice run. They're starting to see some uh, value. Their partnerships rather than their customer acquisition costs are becoming more important, and those are becoming more creative. So, yeah, a lot of growth potential here for DraftKings.
1: Another one in Singapore you like is Genting, Singapore. Is this the growth of uh, sports betting in Singapore?
2: Yeah, and it's really the growth. They, so they got, yeah, that, it's exactly what it is. And they, ha- they also have a resort in Vegas that I sometimes visit when I'm here. It's mostly, uh, it's very feng shui, very designed for their Asian clientele uh, called Resorts World. And it's a beautiful place. It's one of the nicest resorts on the, in Vegas, I would say. Um, but Genting, yeah, is growing in, the, in that market in Singapore for sure. And what happened, though, is where they missed the mark this year, and it's very interesting to me, is they were up for one of the China, one of the licenses in Macau. And Macau did not vary. They stayed with everybody. who stayed loyal there, and they kept the eight that were always in place. But Genting was the ninth. There was some talk about one of the other companies get, not, not getting the deal, but Genting missed out. And Genting does a lot of industry work in, with amusement parks and other things that they have in their business wheel, um, in their flywheel. But they didn't get the license there, but they're very big in that growing market in Singapore and they're holding on to it. And, and their stock has done very well in like the first six months of the year. Uh, of In the last six months, it's done very well. So that's one definitely that we like and, and we watch closely and we, and we have a position for sure
1: very good we're going to take another break Uh, this is jordan goodman of the money answer show my guest this hour is jeffrey camis he's the chief investment strategist at the inherent wealth fund uh, which specializes in sports betting and gaming their symbol ibet and you can find out more at their website inherentwealthfund.com we'll be back after this
3: from the boardroom to you voice america business network
4: are you a homeowner tired of making monthly mortgage payments with little progress towards paying down your principal? Does paying off your home in five to seven years without making larger or more frequent payments sound appealing? Paying off your home in full in five to seven years is really possible thanks to Truth in Equities Mortgage Equity Optimization System, a money management approach that puts your money to work for you 24-7. If you own a home with some equity, have a decent credit score and verifiable income, you owe it to yourself
0: You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan.
1: to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Jeffrey Cammies. He's the Chief Investment Strategist at the Inherent Wealth Fund, which is an exchange-traded fund specializing in sports betting and gaming uh, their website inherentwealthfund.com. Welcome back to the show, Jeffrey. Thank
2: you. Thanks again for having me.
1: Another company you like is Evolution AB. I think that's a Swedish company, is that right? What is the story there?
2: Yeah, I, well these are a lot of these companies, you know, you don't have to be actually in the industry taking bets. There you know, the, of course when the industries grow, you have the whole uh, the cycle of all the other companies that are part of the the system. And that's what Evolution does. And Evolution really makes a lot of software and technology, packaged software for the gaming industries, things to track players to, you know, from our games or other ways that they can promote their business. And that's what they do. And this has been a very strong stock because they don't really have the, the risk of the betting. They just have a regular model. They have a business model like a SaaS model. And so that's been a great business. You look at this stock really over the last year, it's up 50%. Five years, it's up twelve hundred. In all time, it's up seven thousand percent. This is a killer stock that just continues to post great numbers. Sweden's a great gambling, gambling country, and this this stock has done very well. And again, you don't have to be you know you could be like an every which makes a lot of machines and a lot of those companies do great because they're doing maintenance and service and software as a service and that's what this company is evolution.
1: Yeah, uh, wind Resorts is another of your favorites. Uh, that's both in Las Vegas
2: and Macau. Is that right? Yeah, well, yeah, that's right. And they have other properties, too, in Boston. And, and what a superstar it's been over the year, up 75%. Of course, look, it may never return to the heyday of the, the great chairman, Steve Wynn, who really revolutionized the gaming industry and was such a pioneer. But, you know, this company now, you know, they're kind of they're starting to, to make more money. They're getting the inflows in Macau. You know, their Boston, their Boston property is doing really well. This is this, you know, Encore Boston Harbor is fantastic property. And they're going to continue to grow. And this this stock has been a, a good winner. And I think this thing still has room to run. But, you know, after we reset a little bit, maybe heading into, you know, we're getting into the dead earnings period. But, yeah, wind's been tremendous. And it's another one that can recover much more. It's got more leg room for sure.
1: You also like a Melco Resorts and Entertainment. What's the story there?
2: Again, that's an ADR for a company that's in um, American Depository Receipt for a company that's based mostly in Macau. Again, that you realize that the biggest hubs for gambling, I, we talked about it a little bit, are Macau, which does anywhere from 13 to 15 billion; Vegas, which is going to do, I think, upwards of 14 to 16 in California, which will do 13, which is all reservations and tribe. But you know, those are the big places to be right now. Other companies are com- other countries are coming in, but Macau has the exposure to places like Philippines and Cyprus. You know, so they have some other exposure. And that Philippines market is growing as well. So, you know, this company is doing well. Stock has been a winner in the U.S. for sure. I mean, if you look at it last, last year, this is up 150 percent. So it continue will, this will continue to grow as the uh, Asian market continues to grow in size.
1: Let's talk about some of the big events that happened. How big was betting on the Super Bowl this year?
2: Oh, my God. It just continues to get bigger. I mean, the the, the event itself uh, continues to draw more and more people. And, you know, from a watching perspective, what I always what I think is interesting in, in our industry isn't so much the growth of what we expect to have, which is men. But the largest growth in downloads of apps for sports betting is is women. <laughs> They're the largest growing sector. I, I am I am never shocked. I'm out somewhere. You know, um, and, and they're like, oh, I bet on that. I have that app. Yeah, I, I'm like, well, you do. And you don't expect it. But that's where it's growing. It's everywhere, you know. And so um, in terms of the raw numbers in the in the billions and billions, you know, all these there's so many catalysts for this this industry, you know, from from where we have like the World Cup soccer, the Super Bowl to something like the Kentucky Derby, you know, people are betting on Formula One. People don't realize this, but one of the most bet on sports because it's so common and is always available is tennis. Tennis is like the third or fourth most bet on sport in the world. It's hard to believe, right? Yes. You know, and so then we have, you know, all the games are you think about what what uh, Fox has done. Why did Fox create that USFL? Why did they create that other that other league that they're playing too? You know, they're creating them for gambling. You know, and so and that's what those are, you know, because what these companies realize and you're seeing more and more of these companies create media stations. DraftKings has a new media network they just launched. You know, FanDuel has one. Bet, you know, Fox has their own Fox Bet. They're all having either they're putting together partnerships or they're putting together their own media channels. And that could be as, you know, as far as like entertainment to, to just information about betting to having sports teams that they're associated with. But that's a big part of the package and it just continues to grow. And there's so many tie-ins. It's incredible.
1: It's not about the games. It's about betting on the games. Is the reason for the sports networks, I guess.
2: It's it is. It's too, it's essentially like uh, giving more information to the audience to get more excited about it. I mean that's what they're driving. They're driving interest and excitement.
1: How about esports and people doing esports? Can people bet on that too?
2: You can. I you know this is new. Um, this is a new area where it's just starting to happen. Uh, we don't really hold anybody in, in the fund that has any kind of real exposure to that, but it's a newer and newer part of the industry that we're definitely looking into. One of the ones that I think is most interesting, but you're, you're not going to get exposure to it in the U S because it's such a, it's such a third rail is the political gambling and that's becoming, you know, I get called on that. I think I get called on that two or three times a, um, a month. From people from different media outlets and they want to know what my take on that is and they just won't allow them to i mean you know draft kings and and FanDuel would open up their books to a ton of other kind of betting but the the, the regulators won't, won't allow it
1: i mean there are political polls i guess you just can't make money on them is that the way it works
2: you can you can and i think a lot of those to be honest i think they're offshores and they and you can definitely do it in england i mean england has the polls you can bet on if you wanted to bet Flutter, if you could, you know, get access Flutter London, you can bet on our, our election events. Oh. But it's, it's for our guys. We don't want they don't want it. I, they're fighting. They fought it. And they, it's known like, I th- you know, it's part of one of those things. We're not going to talk about that thing, deal because <laughs> they're licensed. You know, they, they're not going to risk that for those licenses. They're so expensive. We're t- You know, millions of dollars for these licenses. New York's licensing is crazy how much it is. But so they're not going to do any risk again that's the responsibility right that's where the regulatory regulation comes in they've sunk a lot of money into this they're on their best behavior it's being heavily watched much more the one thing i would say to people who get worried about that security is it's more heavily watched because there's a lot to lose you know i I really don't think the fanduel partnership with DraftKings has been i mean that fanduel pens with with um barstool has been good i think they look at it like oh crap what's going to happen next You know, I think they thought they were going to have this great, you know, got to drive business to them. And I think now they're just sitting there and there's somebody who's listening to every show freaking out. We have to call the lawyers to cover this up, you know, and that's what just happened. They had a they fired someone on the air. He said some stupid thing. But I mean, that's what the show is based on sort of being childish and immature. You know, I mean, that's sort of what that's what they do. And it is funny. They can be really entertaining. But, you know, this is corporate big business, you know, with publicly traded companies with a lot on the line with shareholders. So it's a different kind of responsibility.
1: What role do you think uh, the fund should play in somebody's portfolio? Is kind of in the the risky? I mean, where does it stand in, in the kind of risk spectrum? I guess you'd say.
2: You're right. I think the perception, again, because it's new, is that it is risk. But these are companies that that are that are that are making money. You know, I, I look at one of the companies that we have. It's it's lesser known, but we we all know it because if you've been to downtown Vegas, which we call real Las Vegas, you know, but but is really now you call the old Las Vegas, it's this Fremont Street Hotel, which is owned by Boyd's, which was a value stock. It was a stock that Buffett has held forever. You know, so there's some, of course, there's risk with some of these newer companies like DraftKings. Um, you know, they had some risk because of their customer acquisition strategy was quite expensive. But, you know, those risks are coming in. And I think really what it is, is the portfolio, what you should do is I think the way that I look at why, why I think an ETF like I bet makes sense is because there's winners and losers in this industry. You know there's lots of acquisitions and some companies are going to make it just like anytime there's this is a wild a little bit of wild west scenario we have a lot of new entrants going after money and they're not all going to win you know you throw a thousand swimmers in the pool you know you're going to get a certain amount that are going to do really well and you're going to get a certain amount and they're going to struggle you know and we're going to see a lot of MA activity and we just i think there, were, there was a deal done today with aristocrat buying a company there was another deal done last weekend that finished so a lot of these companies are going to get merged, consolidate to be stronger to get territories, and so being in a fund like this, what it allows you to do is it it allows you to get exposure to an industry which is growing at a rate of 13 to 15 percent. That's the cager on on, the, on a yearly. It gives you the exposure without giving you the single stock risk, which you get in something like DraftKings when it went from 75 to 12. Yeah,
1: in the roughly two minutes we have left, why don't you kind of summarize what you think is the opportunity. In this whole sports betting area after what we talked about the last hour
2: yeah it's still new and people are and these companies are growing and a lot of people don't know the companies but the the we we know already it's defined historically that this is a recession-proof industry because generally all the vices are and gambling is advice and people will do it especially when they want to escape a little bit so it's a good time to be in it a lot of these companies now have, have figured and perfected some of their models. The technology is being paid for because it's been sunk already. And it's now it's when they're going to start earning money. We're going to have, you know, FanDuel already makes a profit on sports betting. DraftKings is probably another year away from where they're going to be plus positive in terms of their territory. But it's a good time to get in now. There's a lot of room for growth in the industry. And it could be a little part of your portfolio 2 or 3% of your portfolio long term because it's, it's what's happening. You see it everywhere. It's on every TV show. It's on every sports sporting event. And You see the advertising everywhere. It's growing.
1: Indeed. Very good. Okay. Well, thanks so much. My guest this hour has been Jeffrey Kammies. He's the chief investment strategist at the Inherent Wealth Fund. Uh, the symbol for that is I-B-E-T. It's an exchange-traded fund in the sports, betting, and gaming uh, world. Uh, you can find out more about it at their, wealth, at their uh, website, which is InherentWealth.com fund.com thanks so much jeffrey i think we've learned a lot about the whole world of sports betting and gaming around the world
2: i appreciate it thank your audience and have a great day everybody be safe okay
1: thank you jeffrey and thank you and we'll be back next week with another edition of the money answer show goodbye for now